This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Bonjour. Oh, yes. I'm grateful. I'm grateful we get to connect right here, right now. Yes. Mm. So grateful. Indeed. All right. Well, our topic today is peace instead of pain. And I'll tell you a little story as soon as I offer a blessing, a prayer. Let's place our hands on our hearts and be grateful, taking this breath of gratitude, grateful that A Course in Miracles is our teacher, grateful that we can read these pages and practice these lessons, grateful that we can change our mind, grateful we can go the other way, grateful that the kingdom is pre-installed and nothing is held back from us, all of the kingdom is ours already. We don't have to earn it. It's already been given. So we are grateful to allow ourselves to rest in the kingdom of heaven. We are allowing ourselves to truly stay connected, tapped in, tuned in to the flow of love now and forever. We are consciously sharing the benefits with everyone because we are one with them. In gratitude, we allow it to be, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. 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 (sighs) So I'll just tell you a funny little story. At least it's amusing to me. Um, So right before I was coming into my office to record this episode, I had a minor annoyance, very minor. Um, But it kind of turned the trajectory of my day on its side and tomorrow too. And um, so just having to factor those things in and do things I hadn't planned to do and um, feeling a time crunch because I'm leaving with my group who are going on the Camino trip, um, uh, and so there's a lot to do before I leave, and um, so that sometimes feels stressful to me, and one of the things that I'm personally working on is when there's a lot, a lot that I'm supposed to do, or would like to do, to be able to be at peace. And normally it is not much of an issue, but when I'm getting on a plane, then it feels more stressful to me. 
And I've realized that this has to do, or when I should say when I'm leaving home, it doesn't have to be on a plane, it can be in a car. And I realize that this is a remnant from things that uh, occurred when I was a child and when the family would go on vacation and it would be stressful. So I'm still undoing those patterns and uh, and I feel like I'm making great progress. So I'm happy about all of that. So this, I know that this minor, minor stressor today is, uh, it's only helpful to me because it's bringing things up for healing and I am interested in the healing more than anything else. So everything works together for my good. There are no exceptions and I am not making any. <laughs> and so I can have peace instead of pain. And that's why this is our topic today. And, but it's really because when I sat down and I held the book, A Course in Miracles, in my hand, I just paused. I usually ask the question, what am I to share about today? And thumb through the pages, open the book, like I talked about in the last episode. And it opened to Lesson 34. I could see peace instead of this. And I thought, well, that's perfect. I'm happy to work on that today. And uh, the uh, I don't do a lot of the lessons. I mostly stick to the text and the manual for teachers, but I have done some of them in here in the podcast. And then I was looking at Lesson 33. There is another way of looking at the world and I thought, okay, this is totally perfect. Let's dive into this. And then I started recording the podcast, and I got seven minutes in, and I realized my headset was on mute, so nothing was recorded. <laughs> so I had to start all over again. And it could be another minor annoyance, but I feel like, oh, God has got something to say, and let's make sure it gets said perfectly in the most healing, most generous, most beautiful, most magnificent way. So let I must need to hear, again, whatever I was sharing. And so let's do it again. And I'm happy to do that. So this is the benefit of being able to have peace instead of pain is remembering to laugh and finding things amusing when it seems like life is getting in our way. I just know that there is a higher level of beauty and perfection that could flow in this podcast, and so that's why I was guided, directed to um, have to re-record because it didn't record before, and... So glad that that's okay. I meant to check and make sure it was recording because I had this issue last episode or two episodes ago where I recorded almost the whole half of the episode and then I realized, oh, it's not recording. Erg. <laughs> so there is another way of looking at the world, Lesson 33. Today's idea is an attempt to recognize that you can shift your perception of the world in both its outer and inner aspects. 
And then it talks about the practice of looking within and looking out, looking around the room, close your eyes, survey your inner thoughts, doing all of this casually, remaining uninvolved, unattached. And so uh, this is a great, great practice. It is a profound demonstration of willingness, which will bring results because our willingness is all that's required. The one thing I would add about this is to consciously invoke the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, angels. And I find Archangel Michael in particular so, so helpful cutting the cords of fear and negativity to me and from me. So uh, I did that before I started the second recording. I asked Archangel Michael to cut any and all cords of fear and negativity to me and from me. Because sometimes people send us a cord of negativity and we're, if we're judging them already, or we're just in judgment, we're in complaining, we're in a low vibration, we will experience the challenge of that negativity. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I say over and over and over again, the greatest thing we can do for our loved ones is just love them, stop complaining, stop judging. It makes such a difference in their energy field, in the their ability to concentrate, their ability to make healthy choices, just loving them, loving them, loving them. So they are sent to challenge us a lot of the time. Our loved ones are sent to challenge us. And we have an opportunity to take that challenge as a healing. So that's what I'm doing here. And then um, also, as I sat down, I had my topic, and then I realized, um, oh, I need to just um, fiddle with a couple of details of some travel plans and things. I'm, I'm getting ready to go on the Camino, and actually this I'll be on the trip in Portugal by the time this episode airs. And I, so I, I was doing an online chat with the, my credit card company, just clearing up that I'm going to be leaving the country, that kind of thing. And um, it, uh, they, they directed me, to the wrong place and then that place said go back here and tell them so they can help you anyway it was uh just a kerfuffle and not a big deal at all but I can certainly imagine that somebody might get very annoyed at that It's taking so much time. I don't have that time. I'm already time challenged today, blah, 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 blah. Never upset for the reason I think. And I've learned that everything goes better when I'm peaceful and loving. So that's what I'm interested in. 
There's always another way to look at things if we are upset. Always. Let us be interested in finding that other way so that we are not upset. And I put the Holy Spirit in charge. I do. I, I Knowing that it's the higher Holy Spirit self, it is part of our true identity. It's not separate from us. We're entitled to miracles. I'm interested in having a miracle now. So many spiritual students, like other people who don't appear to be spiritual students, don't feel worthy of the gifts of God. And so they don't open to receive them. They've already been given, but they get activated when we say, I'm interested in them. I'm interested in them. Because most of us have been denying them. So when we say we're interested in them, we're opening up ourselves to experience them. And that is refreshing. It's renewing. It's restorative. It's healing. And then we are able to, by making the new choices, by doing the U-turn, by being willing to see, to know, to feel, there's another way of looking at the world. There's another way of looking at this. And there's another way of responding to it. There's another way of being with it. There's another way of holding it in our heart and in our mind. And this is the work that I've been doing for a couple decades now. And it is absolutely the most fulfilling work in the world. So the amount of healing that I've had was unimaginable to me. Never, ever, ever thought when I began that I could ever get to the level of peace and happiness that I have now. It seemed unimaginable. And every year, I've been doing Masterful Living for 15 years now, my Masterful Living program. My year-long program starts in January. And although we have bonuses that start in November, if you register before, and that'll open end of October. Um, Every year in Masterful Living, I ask people in the one-on-one sessions I do with them, which is one of my favorite things, and I ask them when, I I usually ask them in the middle of the year or, or this fall time of year, after six months, nine months being in the program, I say, when you, I ask them, when you started this program, did you think you could succeed? And honestly, not one person I can think of says, oh, yes, definitely. I thought I could accomplish the things that you say masterful living will help you accomplish. Everybody says, oh, no, no, I didn't think I could. But I just didn't feel I could do nothing anymore. I needed to do something to improve my life to bring more happiness, more joy, to improve my relationships, to improve my health and my wealth, etc. Whatever they've got going on, they say, I just couldn't let it be. Um, I couldn't be passive anymore. I have to, had to get active with it, even though I didn't think it would work for me. And, you know, that's how I was. I used to think this isn't going to work for me. That's the unworthiness. 
That's the unworthiness. Later in the year, I'm going to be doing, usually in December, I do my Undoing Unworthiness program, one of my favorites, and I'll be doing that again this December. So you can look for that. It's one of the Masterful Living bonus classes if you sign up uh, early. So partnering up with that higher Holy Spirit self, we are undoing the unworthiness when we partner up. So let's go to Lesson 34 here. I could see peace instead of this. It's just a little more than a page here for this lesson. The idea for today begins to describe the conditions that prevail in the other way of seeing. Peace of mind is clearly an internal matter. It must begin with your own thoughts and then extend outward. It is from your peace of mind that a peaceful perception of the world arises. So there's another way of looking at the world. There's another way of looking at everything in the world. And that way is peacefully, joyfully, harmoniously. And it must begin with our own thoughts and then extend outward. It is from your peace of mind that a peaceful perception of the world arises. Remember, I am responsible for what I see. Another way of saying that is, I am responsible for the world I perceive. I am responsible for the world I perceive. Three longer practice periods are required for today. I'm going to skip that part. And it says, search your mind for fear thoughts, anxiety-provoking situations, offending personalities or events or anything else about which you are harboring unloving thoughts. Note them all casually. So in other words, don't get reattached to thinking I'm right, they're so wrong, and reactivating the grievances. Note them all casually, repeating the idea for today slowly as you watch them arise in your mind and let each one go to be replaced by the next. If you begin to experience difficulty in thinking of specific subjects, continue to repeat the idea to yourself in an unhurried manner without applying it to anything in particular. Be sure, however, not to make any specific exclusions. So I could see peace instead of this situation as I now see it. I could see peace in this relationship instead of the way I see it now. I could see peace in my body instead of what I see now. I could see peace in my finances instead of what I see now. If the inroads on your peace of mind take the form of more generalized, adverse emotions such as depression, anxiety, or worry, use the idea in its original form. So if really contemplating the situation and then projecting that I could see peace in this situation 
uh, instead of what I now see in it. If that is too disturbing, just go to, I could see peace instead of this. I could see peace instead of this. Remember, it's all about our willingness, right? So we're having a healing because of our willingness. That's, that's the beauty. That's absolutely beautiful. Hmm. Just feeling some of that. I could feel peace instead of this. I could see peace instead of this. I could see peace instead of this. If you find you need more than one application of today's idea to help you change your mind in any specific context, try to take several minutes and devote them to repeating the idea until you feel some sense of relief. It will help you if you tell yourself specifically, I can replace my feelings of depression, anxiety, or worry with peace. Or I can replace my feelings or my thoughts about the situation with peace. Now, and again, I would just add to this, I can do that with the Holy Spirit. Remember at the end of chapter 5 in the text, and if you're new to listening, this is one of the most helpful, most powerful prayers, I think, in all of A Course in Miracles, and it's at the very, very end of chapter 5. And chapter 5 is about healing and wholeness. And the section is called The Decision for God. And this is the decision that uh, he is leading or ending with. And to me, we can't repeat this often enough. It talks about the undoing. The undoing of the decisions we made to interpret things in a painful way. We may not consciously recognize that we've made these decisions, but we have. To me, this is one of the great benefits of working with a spiritual counselor because you become the two or more gathered, and together so many insights flow. I was just sharing in Masterful Living yesterday how I healed so many um, issues um, through spiritual counseling, joining with someone who was trained to hold the space with me and to know that this was about me letting go of my attachments to my perceptions, my projections, my beliefs, my ideas, and being in that two or more gathered, it is so much easier. It's profoundly easier. Um, I'm getting ready to do my spiritual counseling training intensive in November. Very excited. Alan Cohen is going to be a guest teacher with me this year. And um, I'm doing it in person. I haven't done it in person since 2019. So past three years, pandemic, intensive online, which I loved. This year I'm doing it 
online and in person. OMG, very excited about that. And <laughs> it's going to be great. It's, it's such an intense healing time for everyone who comes. It's life-changing for people, and it's, it's so much fun for me to see people transform quickly and easily. So, all right. So in Chapter 5 at the end, talking about if you realize that you must already have decided not to be wholly joyous, if that is how you feel, then decision cannot be difficult. Therefore, the first step in the undoing is to recognize that you have actively decided wrongly, but can as actively decide otherwise. Be very firm with yourself in this and keep yourself fully aware that the undoing process, which does not come from you, is nevertheless within you because God placed it there. Your part is merely to return your thinking to the point at which the error was made and give it over to the atonement in peace. Say this to yourself as sincerely as you can, remembering that the Holy Spirit will respond fully to your slightest invitation. I must have decided wrongly because I am not at peace. I made the decision myself, but I can also decide otherwise. I want to decide otherwise because I want to be at peace. I do not feel guilty because the Holy Spirit will undo all the consequences of my wrong decision if I will let him. I choose to let him by allowing him to decide for God for me. Boom. Amen. So if we're not at peace, we decided wrongly. That's it. I would like to go the other way. I made the decision, but I can decide otherwise. So I can decide otherwise by saying, I could choose peace instead of this. There's another way of looking at this. And that's how we make this shift and make this change. I've got more to share on this. Of course I do. And I'll be sharing that after the break. In the meantime, go to jenniferhadley.com. Look at all the things we have coming up for you this fall. Finding Freedom Boot Camp starts October 15. Yes, it does. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Thank you for coming back. Yes. And as I said before, I'm getting ready to launch the podcast without commercials and bonuses. So it would be a paid fee per month, low fee, and that supports me, which supports the ministry. And if you appreciate this podcast, something you can do right now is write a review. Wherever it is that you're getting your podcasts from, write a review that helps the podcast service show it to more people. The more people that write reviews, the more highly rated uh, the podcast companies like Apple and Stitcher and 
Spotify, etc., think it is, the more likely they are going to show it to other people who are looking for something like this. And that helps. It does. Since it's all free, let's share. And before I went to the break, we were talking about that so helpful prayer at the end of chapter 5 in the text that I call the parent's prayer because it's about feeling the distress, especially of guilt. And because to me, all the distresses that we experience are different expressions or interpretations of the unconscious guilt that we feel. And to me, it's our spiritual responsibility to heal this and not to manage and cope with the upset, whatever kind it is. Our spiritual responsibility is to turn it over to the Holy Spirit so it can be healed forever and we never experience it again. And that option is always available to us, but we do have to take it. And this prayer is so helpful. And what I have done is I've just taken the one line, I do not feel guilty because the Holy Spirit will undo all the consequences of my wrong decision. And I, it says, if I will let him. And I say, if I allow it. And I do. I choose to allow it. By allowing Spirit to decide for God, for me. Yes, it feels good just to say that. So I'm going to back up here and say that in the, the preface to the prayer, uh, it, it's saying your part is merely to return your thinking to the point at which the error was made and give it over to the atonement in peace. So the way I make sense of the point at which the error was made the point at which the error was made is the wrong decision. So I don't have to go back in time, but I can go back to the wrong decision. And sometimes we're upset and we have no idea really what's going on. Certainly that used to happen to me all the time. I didn't have a true understanding of why I was upset. And many times people, when they tell me they're upset... They say they're upset because their partner doesn't really care about them. They are upset because their children don't respect them. They're upset because their boss is ignoring them, whatever it might be. And actually, they're upset because of the meaning they're making of their experience. So maybe their boss is ignoring them because the boss is worried about their spouse who just got a cancer diagnosis. But we don't know that. We don't know why they seem to be wrapped up in themselves. And it seems like they're ignoring, but they're not actually. They're just in their own little world. Or it seems like my partner doesn't really love me because I think if he really loved me, he would do this and he doesn't do that. But the reason he doesn't do that is because he never learned to do that. That's not how they do things in their family. If he really loved me, he would throw me a, a beautiful birthday party for my 40th birthday. But 
Instead, he's just taking me out to dinner like it's any old birthday. Well, if he doesn't know that that's what I'd like, it doesn't mean he doesn't really love me. So we're always interpreting the world through the filters of our belief system. And that's what this is getting to here. Your part is merely to return your thinking to the point at which the error was made and give it over to the atonement in peace. So give it over to the oneness in peace. Say this to yourself as sincerely as you can, remembering that the Holy Spirit will respond fully to your slightest invitation. And that to me is a very valuable teaching that the Holy Spirit will always respond fully to our slightest invitation. So why not invite many, many, many times a day? It doesn't say anywhere in A Course in Miracles. You only can invite the Holy Spirit into your mind three or four times a day. Otherwise, There's no room for other people. Don't hog the Holy Spirit all for yourself. The Holy Spirit only takes three or four calls per day per person. (laughs) It just doesn't work like that because the Holy Spirit is our own holiness, which is omnipresent, omnipotent, omniactive, everywhere present, everywhere potent, everywhere active. Let us not project the ego's thought system of lack and limitation onto the Holy Spirit. There's nothing the Holy Spirit cannot do. Nothing. Nothing that cannot be healed. Absolutely. There's nothing that love can't heal because love is all there is. So here's what we say. I must have decided wrongly. Because I'm not at peace. That's how we know we didn't make a good decision. Right there. We decided to energize the old belief. We decided to reinvest in our unworthiness. That's why we're not at peace. Nothing to do with what's occurring in the world, ever. It's always our interpretation of it. I made the decision to interpret But I can also decide otherwise. I want to decide otherwise because I want to be at peace. I choose to decide otherwise because I choose to be at peace. I don't feel guilty because the Holy Spirit will undo all the consequences of my wrong decision if I let him. And I do. I choose to let him by allowing him to decide for God for me. Page 90 in FIP. So this is the way back to peace. These are the tools that we're being given here, which take us back to peace. We can have peace if we really would like it. Peace and happiness are never withheld from us. They're generated from inside. They are our natural state. And when we block the flow of love by withholding love and instead focusing on grievances, we cannot have peace. And that's why I say, as I started at at the beginning of this episode, that the disturbance, the minor frustration I had, was just a signal to me, oh, there's something in the mind that's like a splinter 
that can be removed by the Holy Spirit if I allow it. I must have decided wrongly because I'm not at peace, even if it's a minor frustration. Let every splinter be removed from my mind so I can remain at peace all the time. That is so important because then I can be in my holiness and my holiness blesses the world and so does everyone else's. So does everyone else's. And we can see that. We can recognize that. Some people are having a bad day and they take it out on others. And instead of giving as good as we got, you know, who do they think they are? I'll show them. That's not our way. Instead, if we can go into our heart and say, they're having a bad day. God has sent me to be helpful, truly helpful. I don't have to know what to say or what to do because I'm here to represent God. So, of course, my holiness will inform what I'm to say, what I'm to do, where I'm to go, when I'm to go, why I'm to go. And we can learn to trust that. And when we do, life just opens up. It's perfect, so perfect, all the time. We get in the way of its perfection with our ego thoughts and thinking that things are less than perfect. As Jesus says to us in the Course, you don't even know what will make you happy, so stop thinking that you do. So this is a very rigorous mind training, and reading the lessons is not a mind training. Reading the textbook is not a mind training. A mind training is when we feel disturbed, when there's a disturbance in the force, then (laughs) we anchor into the force instead of feeding the disturbance. We reconnect with the force more fully, more completely, and we allow ourselves to be led and guided by spirit instead of by ego. That's a practice. That's a spiritual practice. So I always say in my Masterful Living program, love and gratitude are our most basic practices. If you're ready for a boot camp, come join me in my Finding Freedom from Fear boot camp. It is a powerful training using the Course of Miracles principles to really work together and heal so much in a short period of time. And I especially love doing it in the fall before the holidays so that people can have a truly different experience of the holidays. We all know that over a million people died during the pandemic in the United States alone. And I know this has a global audience. So these numbers are huge. If you compare... Uh, I think it's 1.1 million people died of COVID-related causes uh, during the pandemic, according to statistics, and 58,000 people died in the Vietnam War. Oh my goodness, 
that is such a disparity. And so there's a lot of grief that's happening in people's families for so many deaths. And many families lost multiple beloved family members. Devastating, absolutely devastating. And uh, people lost both their parents. Uh, People lost all their siblings. And this is devastating. And so there is a lot of healing that's happening right now. And I always like to put the pedal to the metal on the healing in the last quarter of the year and the first quarter because the way we end the year it really affects our whole year the next year and so I like to offer a lot of support for people to do the deep work so we've got the forgiveness work the forgiveness retreat we have the grieving through the holidays we have the undoing unworthiness the finding freedom from fear spiritual boot camp all of these programs and then of course masterful living and some of these are bonuses with masterful living so if you feel like okay it's time for me to roll up my spiritual sleeves and do this work we can do it together if you'd like of course You don't need my help, but if you'd like it, you've got it. And you know how to find me at jenniferhadley.com. So let's go to Lesson 66. My happiness and my function are one. This is where Spirit sent us. And uh, when there's peace, there's happiness. They go together. They really do. And I'll just make a note here, as I I have a number of times, and I I find the teachings of Ernest Holmes and the Science of Mind very valuable and very compatible with A Course in Miracles. And one of the things he talks about is the difference between feelings and emotions. And so he characterizes feelings as being related to spiritual qualities uh, and Uh, emotions being related to our beliefs. So we have emotional reactions to our beliefs. We have emotional reactions to our interpretation of what's going on. And our interpretations of what's going on, of course, are completely dependent upon what our beliefs are. And so if we're in alignment with the truth, we're not going to be Uh, falling into those beliefs, we're going to stay at the level of truth, and then we're going to be experiencing peace, joy, freedom, wholeness, harmony, creativity, wisdom, clarity, prosperity, uh, abundance, these various spiritual qualities. And when we are identified with the ego, we're going to be experiencing pain, suffering, irritation, frustration, etc. Now, Ernest Holmes also has sees a difference between happiness and joy. I think the distinction is very helpful to us as a course of miracle students. And 
I would say that Jesus uses happiness and joy interchangeably in A Course in Miracles, as far as I can tell. But I think having a distinction is helpful. So I think of joy as being the part of our spiritual nature. It is pure and it is a direct result of us knowing who we are, who sent us, what our life is for, and it comes from being loving, full stop. It comes from being in the flow of love, full stop. And happiness is more temporal, so it's more based in the land of time and space and our interpretations and the meaning we make of things. And so, for instance, we're happy because the pizza's here. We're happy because we got a raise. But we're joyful because the love of God lives in our heart. We're joyous because we can love without conditions. So, lesson 66. Let's just take a look here because Spirit pointed me here. My happiness and my function are one. You have surely noticed an emphasis throughout our recent lessons on the connection between fulfilling your function and achieving happiness. This is because you do not really see the connection. You have surely noticed an emphasis throughout our recent lessons on the connection between fulfilling your function and achieving happiness. So he's schooling us again and again and again because we don't yet really see the connection between fulfilling our function, which is be the light of the world, forgive everything. That's our function. Yet there is more than just a connection between happiness and fulfilling your function. They are the same. They are the same. Their forms are different, but their content is completely one. So there's no happiness without fulfilling our function. And for me, it feels better to say there's no true joy without fulfilling our function. And this, to me, is one of the most exceptional aspects of my own experience of this lifetime is that experience of consistent joy, consistent happiness, consistent peace. And that it is overriding. So I can experience things not going my way and I can be momentarily unpeaceful, irritated, but I snap right back. Because I'm interested in fulfilling my function. I like fulfilling my function, blessing the world with my holiness. The ego does constant battle with the Holy Spirit on the fundamental question of what your function is. So does it do constant battle with the Holy Spirit about what your happiness is. It is not a two-way battle. The ego attacks and the Holy Spirit does not respond. Holy Spirit knows what your function is. Holy Spirit knows that it is your happiness. So our happiness is our function. Our happiness comes from being peaceful. It comes from being loving. That's what it comes from. 
So we can live in that place of being loving, being compassionate, being kind, being generous. And then we can stay in that place of fulfilling our function. Gratitude, gratitude is the way I walk in God. (laughs) Love is the way I walk in God. Gratitude and love, love and gratitude. These always keep us going back to that place where we are fulfilling our function. So holding grievances, there's no part of fulfilling our function that includes holding grievances. Our grievances hide the light of the world in us. So we can't be fulfilling our function and hold grievances. That was the thing that I realized that was such a game changer for me, such a life-changing thing for me. Today we will try to go past this wholly meaningless battle and arrive at the truth about your function. We will not engage in senseless arguments about what it is. We will not become hopelessly involved in defining happiness and determining the means for achieving it. We will not indulge the ego by listening to its attacks on truth. We will merely be glad that we can find out what truth is. Yes, Jesus reminds us that we don't value the truth enough. So let's make a pact to value the truth. Also, happiness is conditional. Joy is eternal. It's unconditional. That's another way to to look at it that I find very helpful. Our longer practice period today has as its purpose your acceptance of the fact that it is that not only is there a very real connection between the function God gave you and your happiness, but that they are actually identical. God gives you only happiness. Therefore, the function He gave you must be happiness, even if it appears to be different. Today's exercises are an attempt to go beyond these differences in appearance and recognize a common content where it exists in truth. And then here are the thoughts we're to review. God gives me only happiness. God has given my function to me. Therefore, my function must be happiness. Try to see the logic in this sequence, even if you do not accept the conclusion. God gives me only happiness. God has given my function to me. Therefore, my function must be happiness. So if we are not seeing happiness, we must have made a wrong decision. And again, just eh, see if it suits you to think about happiness as being conditional and go for joy. I, when I first thought about joy being an eternal quality of God in my natural state, that seemed inconceivable to me. But when my mother was very sick and dying, that's when I discovered, ah, yes, I have joy, even though the conditions are not happy-making. Yes, because I was in joy because I had so much love flowing with my mother. And I'm so grateful for that still. Oh my goodness. Check out everything at jenniferhadley.com. Let's place our hands on our hearts and be grateful. 
that our happiness is our function and we have everything we need. We have this Holy Spirit every day, every way. I love you. God bless you.